you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Here we are again, Bruce, another episode of Life After Addiction. Man, 16th episode. Man, people keep listening to us. I don't know why. Man, it's been an honor. We love this platform, just like you said last time, that we get to come out here and talk from a biblical worldview. And man, no one's editing us, editing us, except for me and you. Oh, we might get in there and edit some things, but no one's no one's um, keeping us from saying what we want to say and what God tells us through his word. And so I love this opportunity to get to have conversations about life, addiction, recovery, people, God's word. And it's just, man, it's freeing. And, and we're seeing that people are liking it. Hey, again, if, if you want to if you want to write into us, you can write into us at info at spring, the number two life dot net info at spring to life dot net. We'd love to hear from you. Love to ask one of your questions on air. OK, well, there's a caveat to what you just said, and that is, man, we are held accountable to God as men of God sharing the biblical worldview uh, man, we're not flippant about the things that we say, even in our opinions. Uh, but we we definitely uh, have a have a fear for the Lord and what we're saying, and so we're not just. I mean, we can say, "Hey, man, nobody's editing us," but we're held accountable to the highest. Oh yeah, standard. oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Great, great point. Today, we're going to talk about denial, Bruce. We're going to talk about it's not pe- just a river in Egypt. Denial, denial. It's not just a river in Egypt. Uh, denial. And so often we, we are confronted with denial, people who are self in self-denial, uh, whether it comes to addiction or anything in this world. And man, we want to get to the heart. We want to talk about it. We want to go to talk about what the Bible says about denial. Uh, but let's jump in. Let's jump in. What, what, how do you approach today, Bruce? How do you approach someone who is just in, we'll, we'll start with addiction, just adamant denial that they're, they need help. They're just here because mom, or court, they're not an addict or alcoholic, they don't need help, they're in denial of the circumstances that they're in. How do you approach them? Well, I would just say you're like everybody else. I mean, that's where it always starts. Everybody's in denial. I mean, we're all wearing masks. Mm. Nobody wants to expose the truth. You know, it's, I don't care if it's their choice to get help in recovery or anything else in life. I mean, we're all struggling with denial. So I just wanted to say that and that, man, it's not just common to people in addiction it's it's all of us and so the truth of that is man we've got to conf- we've got to uh, look at that from a different perspective and say man can i be honest yeah can i be honest so i mean that is the opposite of denial is honesty yeah and, and i would say just re- just real quick there's two two parts the way i would approach it is try to present truth and love and sometimes it doesn't feel like love because the truth that you're presenting is is pretty devastating, and and I'm not, not not trying to be funny, but you know I'm not I'm not and I don't need to be here. I'm just doing this to appease something. I'm like, okay, bud. Well, let's take a let's just take a quick glance at your life the last year, and you start presenting these things. Man, you know, you took out a telephone pole and and you got seven DUIs and. You know, you stole from your mom. You know, th- those are all signs that you do need to be here and you do need some help. And, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And but most of the time they just brush that off. But, man, I pray for them. I pray that God opens their eyes. But the second thing I do is I make them feel comfortable in the aspect that they're not going to be judged. And, man, I, 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 you're safe to talk about this. 
And that kind of gets to the root of why I think people are in denial. One, they're afraid uh, because culture, the church, let's not leave the church out, but the world, everything around them tells them that they have to present themselves in this way to be relevant, successful, liked, loved. I have to be this way. And if I'm not, I've got to put a mask on. And then when that's approached to me, I've got to deny it. What's the old saying? We said it a couple of episodes ago. Admit nothing, deny everything, and make immediate <laughs> counter accusations. Yeah, we joke about that, but that was that's actually an, um, an anti-interrogation method taught by the military. And the, the reason why... And, and then that's a good point because people feel like they're being interrogated, right? They have to be defensive. They, you know, the whole idea of you can't judge me, you know, uh, teach his own kind of thing. I mean, I'm not in denial. I just want to do what I want to do. And, uh, I mean, that's part of it, you know. And But what you're saying is absolutely correct in that and you have to start with the truth and can you face the truth. I, I love this verse in the Bible. Um, and, man, I learned this verse when I was in um, – on a mission trip in uh, Thailand, in Bangkok, uh, because these people were handing out these wristbands that said Proverbs twenty four twelve on it. And so obviously I had to go look. And the reason they were handing them out was because there it was a, a ministry of dealing with uh, prostitution and sex trafficking and this kind of stuff. And so the Proverbs twenty four twelve says, let me just quote it, it says, don't excuse yourself by, uh, by saying, look, we didn't know, for God understands all hearts, and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. Mm. He will pay all people as their actions deserve. So <laughs> you can be in denial to a person, but ultimately, you know, God knows. Yeah. And you're not fooling him, and he says he will not be mocked. And I know that's pretty intense. Yeah. But that's what you're really dealing with in the end. People are just trying to help people. Like we're just trying to help people get you know, find recovery, uh, and you can sit there and deny it, and we'll call you out on it. But in the end, I can't make you, right. you know, do what you need to do. You've got to reach a point of humility. Uh, and here's here's what the Bible also says: is that this rest that God says that we can enter into. He told the Israelites, "You'll enter into my rest." You know, and he was referring to uh, the Holy Land. Uh, the, the land of milk and honey, and and we know God rested. God rests because He said He rested on the seventh day, and it's not what most people think. And that oh, you just kick back on the lazy boy and just like oh man, I did a bunch of work for six days, now I'm just going to chill, right? No, what God's talking about in His rest is that it's this kind of rest that we receive that we can be in if we're vulnerable. Yeah, meaning can you expose yourself without fear? of being harmed, what is it you're putting your trust in and allowing yourself to do that so the truth can come out and the truth will set you free? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and even you quoted Old Testament, the New Testament, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I'll give you rest. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in denial that you're even weary, there's no rest. And, and, and I think, my, this is about to take a turn, but man, Really at the core, someone does have to just get honest and humble and vulnerable. Um, but at the core, it was like Pastor Scott was talking about a, a few episodes ago. At the core, it's do you love God? And 
man, when you're denying these things and God's put men of God in front of you or his word to convict you that, hey, you're doing this not the right way and you're denying that because you're so comfortable with your own way, you're really kind of denying God. And the Bible's clear about what happens when you deny God. It's not good, right? The Son of Man will deny you in in front of the heavenly host if you deny him, right? That's a scary thing. And so all of this fear of trying to be accepted, pleased, get ahead, uh, or whatever it is, man, it's 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 internal. Deal with that. If you love God and believe what he says about you, man, a lot of that can be made easier. A lot of it can be a lot easier for you when you stop worrying about what others think, right? Mm. And if you take yourself on the other hand of that, you stop being so prideful and think that you know what's best. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and Luke nine twenty three says, uh, this is Jesus. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That's talking about the same thing. Right? Are you willing to be honest, can you deny anything about yourself and look to Jesus for the answers to things? Now, here's my question, Adam, right? What do you say about the guy who doesn't know the Lord? And we get guys like this coming into our program. They yeah. even have different faiths. And what do you say to that guy who's in denial and you're trying to, to share these truths of, of God in that to help him see and be honest, but he's not there yet? Sure, yeah. That happens a lot. I, th- I think... One, privately, I mean, even maybe as I'm speaking to him, I'm praying without ceasing. He doesn't realize I'm praying because I'm not like, hold on just a second, buddy. But I'm praying for him and that God opens his eyes, that God calls him to himself. Uh, And so I I do that, and I want the veil to be removed. There's so much about this veil thing that I don't even think, we talk about it all the time, I don't even think we've scratched the surface of it, man, because we're talking about the eyes of our heart, but... I'm praying for him, but again, I, I try to provide that atmosphere that he, he sees that I'm just a dude and that I've sat and has literally have sat in that chair more than likely. Um, I've done a lot of awful things. And you can, you can relate to someone, but man, bringing something from the dark into the light is freeing. It, the power over the darkness is removed. You can, people can understand that no matter what their worldview is, Right. Um, and then sometimes if it's just deep rooted, you, you do have to start pointing out things like, man, you're, you're here, you're sitting across from me, you're at rehab. Let's, let's start going backwards. Why? Oh, my mom made me. Okay. Well, why did she make me? Uh, she was wrong. What was she wrong about? Well, she said this, this, and this, and that's just not true. Okay. Well, what about this? Is that true? Uh, kind of, but she said it wrong. You just start going down these things. She's like, man, People don't get to rehab by accident. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you didn't get here because you're singing too loud in church choir, buddy. <laughs> you know, you're you're here for a reason. You know, and I just try to love them well, and I try to go down that that path to just not to humiliate or to shame them, but to just bring to the surface and say we're having an honest conversation. You can't hide from this. Let's just talk about it, man. And I do that in love, and I try to make sure they know I'm not like being mocking towards them, but but definitely trying to drag it to the surface. Because a lot of times, man, people are so unconfrontational in this world, and you say it all the time. People are always just each his own. People are so unconfrontational because they're afraid of what might happen in a confrontation that people are never called to the carpet on their actions, right? Yeah, and that's, that's a great segue into these the, the other audience that we should speak to about this, and that is 
the family members, the loved ones, the, the friends that uh, are in denial about what it is they're seeing in the person mm-hmm. in addiction. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, a great example. I had uh, a wife of a man who she was trying to get into a recovery program, and this is the way she presented it to me. Well, he's been in an accident, and, you know, he didn't pass the breathalyzer test, but that's because, <laughs> you know, this, and that's because of that. But he's, he's really not an addict, but, I, but the court's saying that he's got to come into a program, and, you know, can you help him out? And, you know, this is what it, the, the man himself isn't even <laughs> talking to me. His wife is, and she's denying. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Keep going, but. Basically, for the listeners, the reason I'm laughing is because you hear the way that Bruce explained the way that she explained it. Instead of saying, man, he got drunk, crashed his car, got a DUI, she explained it as he got into an accident and it, man, he couldn't pass a breathalyzer. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, so, you know, and even to the people who say, man, this is a first offense, you know, we're, you know I, I just have to do this because it's required by the law. And, and so can you get him into the program? But there's really no addiction here. And and even she went on to say, like, he's probably going to feel really awkward around a bunch of uh, uh, all the addicts that are there and this yeah. kind of stuff. And I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, man. This is an interesting point right here, Bruce. And, and families, I, I love you. And I could speak from experience when I say this. And I'm not, you're, again, we, you can go back and listen to it. We did a whole show just addressed to you how this addiction of your loved ones, not your fault. Don't hold that. That's not on you. But there, there are times where there's enabling. And, and I'll say this, when we as a family, and I'll say me, because there's things that go on that you're kind of in denial about. Um, the reason at the root that you're in denial about your loved one in an addiction is fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear. Mm-hmm. And you know what else it is? Laziness. You know how hard it is to confront someone? I'd rather be in denial about it. But the problem is, Bruce, and I'm going to say some straightforward things. The problem is, is you you can be in denial about it until you get a phone call at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Well, I like what you said about laziness because there's another side to that laziness, which is when you when you come out of denial and recognize the truth, then you got to do something. Yeah. And then most people don't want to do anything. About it, they want to stay in denial, so therefore they can just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, and somewhere in the deepest part of them, they they know that something's not right. They might not. I'm not accusing everyone of just being liars. They might not know it's an addiction. They might not know it's it's you know whatever. But there's something that tells them that something's not right, and they're denying and then making excuses in their mind, and sometimes even for them out loud to others of what's going on. What the verse say? God knows that you knew. God knows that you knew. Man, you you got to at least stand in the gap and say, you know what? Tell me. Uh, ask a question. I'll give you an example. My wife, she's innocent, man. Preacher's kid, the good kind, never saw the evils of the world until she married me. Um, she just knew something was wrong, man. And again, she didn't want to have confrontation. She's sweet. I was master manipulator. I was quick enough, quick-witted. And and then again, as an addict, you know how to raise the volume of your voice and get angry when certain subjects are starting to be brought up so it quickly goes away from those and counter accusation and da-da-da. But something wasn't right. She had no clue what it was, no clue. And then finally, one day, she broke down and she said, Adam, are you having an affair? You having an affair? That's what she thought it was. Mm. And it wasn't until that one day, and you know what it was? 
that was the day that it began the journey of me trying to get into a recovery process. Many, 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 many moons later and relapses and different rehabs, but that began the process because that broke my heart to a point where it was just like, no, I'm not. And so I just told her, I have an addiction. I have an addiction to these pills and I can't, I can't stop. And of course, she didn't know anything about it, so her response was just, just flush them and stop taking them. She yeah. thought everything's okay, right? right? But that began the journey. That wasn't the answer right then. But at that point, she couldn't resist that feeling inside of her, and she decided to get confrontational with me. And that started a journey down this road of the truth, which was I was a drug addict, yeah. heavily addicted to pain medication. And that's what I was talking about. What are you going to do about it? And, and we might be joking about this and maybe even kind of poking fun at people in denial, but it's, it's a real deal. And I don't want to, like, say that uh, – you know, we're not taking this seriously. Let me let me share from my testimony the kind of flip side of what you just shared with your wife. My wife, who was not PK, and for those of you who don't know what PK is, a preacher's kid. Yeah. Right? My wife was an atheist mm. when we got married. Yeah. And I was deep in addiction. In fact, the entire time that we dated, was were engaged, and into our marriage, six years, I had a cocaine addiction. Mm. High almost every single day. She had no clue. She had no clue. But she knew something was not right. And here's, here's what she thought. She thought she was going crazy. Because mm. I made her feel like that. Just in the denial process. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you, are you okay? Like the counter accusations, you know, like this. And, man, when she found it, when I confessed to her uh, what was really going on, she was happy. Mm. Like, it totally took me off guard. Like, I thought she was going to be angry at me, that she was just going to be totally confrontational and just like accusatory and hold me to this kind of thing. She was, she had joy in her heart, not because of the fact that I was in addiction, but because she wasn't crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and man, so often too, I mean, that's so, so good about the families and, and we've, I think we spoke some truth there, but, but also I think, um, I think that so often you brought up a good point that I don't think you're meaning to bring up, but this denial because of fear, a lot of times it's fear of the consequence, right? Mm -hmm. And we build up this stuff in our minds so bad about what the consequence is going to be and what's going to happen and what my life's going to look like. Everything comes tumbling down. If this truth comes out, if I stop denying it, what's going to happen? Man, so often it's not what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. you know. Let me share this from a biblical worldview because this is the truth this is what god says and this it's wrapped around this whole thing that you're talking about with the veil jesus spoke in parables and they seem to be like riddles to everybody and people are thinking like why are you being so cryptic and everything and people still believe that today and the disciples just approached jesus and says why are you speaking in these parables why can't you just plainly talk to us about what it is that's on your mind and he gives them this answer and he says i speak to you in this way because you've been permitted to understand what it is that I'm saying. Others have not. Mm. And what he meant by that was because those who turn to me, the veil is lifted. And he, he always used this reference to over and over again, re- repeating it in, in the New Testament. You have eyes, but you can't see. You have ears, but you can't hear. You have hearts, but they do not understand. But you have hearts that understand, and you have eyes that see, and you have ears that hear. And that's because the people that he was speaking to they could understand were those who were turning to him. Mm. They were not in denial. They were they were opening up. They were taking the risk. They were trying to willfully like understand. And yeah. like, 
And the Holy Spirit was converting and changing, convicting their hearts and those people. So when you look at Second uh, Corinthians three sixteen, he says, "For those who turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted." Mm. And when Jesus died on the cross, what was the first thing that happened besides the thunderous earthquake and all that stuff? The veil uh, in the temple tore between the holy place and the holy of holies, which is where only the high priest could go in, which separated the people from God. Mm. And Jesus tore that veil, meaning you now have full access to the Lord. The veil has been lifted. There, you don't have to be in denial. You can approach God, and, and God knows already. And you can just be honest, and therefore you will receive the will of God. Well, that's the time. I'm going to dive into this question we have, and it's actually kind of a funny question. We're just going to ask it anyway. Here's a question. Bruce, Adam, what is your favorite thing to do now that you're not using drugs and alcohol for entertainment? <laughs> okay, thank. I guess you're interested in what we like to do. Uh, I would say, I mean, I could, I could give you the, I, obviously I love spending time with family and friends and socializing, but if, if you're talking about hobbies, which I, I guess I'll say hobby, man, one of my favorite things to do outside of Bible, outside of family, I love fishing. And it is a different type. And I grew up, you know, I would fish, but it'll it'll always involve, you know, everything's always surrounded around uh, the chemical when you're in that. But man, there is a peace on the river for me now, trout fishing. And it's just like, wow. It's it's being in God's creation. Yeah, man. And looking up and there's eagles flying over. Like, I didn't even know we had eagles in Tennessee, (laughs) but we do. I've got pictures. Uh, there's just a piece there, man. And, and that lie that you have to have a chemical to have fun. Yeah. That's just what it is. It's a lie from the pits of hell. What, yeah. what about you, man? Man, that's a great question because I, I want to approach it from a, a little different point of view. I think most people think, well, when, when I change my life for God, then everything has to change, man. There's some things about you that God created that, that are you mm-hmm. that aren't fake and, and things that you've suppressed that you don't even know you like doing. And deep in our addiction, we tell ourselves, well, I can't go do that because I have to do this. And if I'm going to do this, well, then I can't go do that. And I'm talking about drugs. Like, I couldn't go to the movies because I'm not going to sit there high on cocaine for three hours. <laughs> you know? And I'm not talking about war stories. I'm just giving the truth, right? Yeah. So I never experienced some of those things that other people do just because I told myself I couldn't do them. And now in recovery or being freed from that addiction, let me just say, uh, Man, I'm exposed to things that I never knew that I like to do that I love to do now, mm. that I would not allow myself to do then. But there are things that are so rooted in me that God created me. Being like, I'm a creative person. God made me a creative type. Yeah. And my career for 25 years was a graphic designer, and I, I, I love doing that. How that gets played out today is I'm not doing graphic design anymore, but I, mean, I build hot rods. I like to create things with my hands. I like to do stuff that I think is creative. That's cool. And and, and man, we're kind of, we kind of just dabbled into something, but I just want to say this real quick as we close. There was truly the lie. Like you mentioned movies. I got so deep into an addiction. There was nothing that I would do or could do without dope. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I wouldn't want to go to a movie because the movie was just that much better with the, and man, so there was this thought, man, coming out of it, Sometimes there's a little bit of hesitancy. Man, I don't want to, I would always go to the movies high and that might bring, but I did find out, it's like, man, this life is so much more beautiful without drugs. The Mm -hmm. colors are brighter. The movies are funnier. People are more interesting, deeper relationships. 
man, get out there and just do stuff, you know, and, and you don't have to have a chemical. That's not what it's designed. It's, that was a lie that was told to you by yourself and by the enemy. You don't have to have this to do anything. Man, I, it got so bad that I wouldn't even make business phone calls unless I could get high. Like I, I, I was, I told myself that I needed it. You yeah, know, I've got a great example of that. And there was a time my kids were young uh, and I was deep in addiction. And it was one of those times in Nashville where it snowed 12 inches, which once in a lifetime kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And my kids and I were out in the front yard and we were building this massive snowman. I mean, it ended up being like six feet tall. And in the middle of that, right, you think the most joyful moment for a father was two sons building a snowman. Man, I had to go into the garage and get high because I told myself, man, this is awesome, but it could be even more awesome if I go get high. So I went in the garage, got high, and I came back out, and it wasn't even close to what I was experiencing before that. And But that's what we'll tell ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Guys, that's all the time we have today. Keep listening. Love you guys. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.